I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, Episode 17. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Our song this week is Write Your Story by Francesca Battistelli, and not only leads us to Scripture, but reflects a wonderful pattern that we can apply to another habit that leads to spiritual maturity, and that is prayer. As you know, one of my goals with this podcast is to give you a starting point uh, to spend time in Scripture. Because so many times we really just don't know where to start. We sit down to read our Bible and we don't know where to start, or we don't even sit down because we're so overwhelmed with where to start. And that's really what this podcast is all about. But this week, I'm excited to use this song for that same purpose, but also to give you a starting point and a pattern for prayer. So let's jump right into it. I will tell you that my experience with prayer um, really uh, grew out of a a kind of a book that I read and and something that I did with some friends here in my hometown. And uh, a friend of mine and I got this book, What Happens When Women Pray by Evelyn Christensen. And I will link to that book in the show notes if you would like to get that yourself. It is not a new book. In fact, my grandmother um, said, oh yeah, I heard her speak when I first became a Christian way back when we lived in Idaho, which has been... 35 years ago. So uh, it's not a new book, uh, but I will tell you it was really life-changing for me because it really laid out a structure for praying and um, kind of freed me from some of the thoughts that I had about what prayer should be or what it could, what it should be like. And it also gave us a pattern to um, pray in a group. And so we used that book and some of the principles. We created a little bookmark and uh, we went over it with some friends and we just, we got together to pray. And that sounds very intimidating to a lot of people. Um, Let's get together and pray. We didn't do a Bible study. We didn't do any of that. We just prayed, but we grew so much in our faith, but also in our prayer life because we really broke it down and we simplified it. And uh, we gained just a lot of experience from practicing prayer and also being a part of that group and, and reading that material. Out of it came this, um, in the book that she goes over seven S's of prayer. And then on the back of our little bookmark, we used, um, this, we used the idea of ACTS, A-C-T-S, and it stands for adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Because if we could use those four, um, 
we could remember the word acts and we if we could remember those four steps in when we were praying uh, it kind of gave us a formula to prayer now i do want to encourage you that um there really isn't uh, there, there is a formula to prayer. God, in fact, Christ himself showed us how to pray when he gave us what is commonly known as the Lord's Prayer in Scripture. And we're not going to go over that, but if you would like a model that Christ gave, it's there. And ACTS is very consistent with that model as well, um, maybe just a little bit shortened or abbreviated. Now, anytime that we use a model or anything like that, I think the tendency is to be really legalistic about the model. And I don't want you to go there. But I do realize that just like with Bible study, that sometimes we don't even know where to start. But with prayer, sometimes we just don't know where to start. And so I've been able to use this model with my own girls on the way to school. So Meredith and Emily and I will pile into the car and we have a very short drive, less than five miles from our house to school. And so I really just wanted a pattern, something that we could follow to focus our minds on Christ in the morning that, again, would be a model. So it wouldn't be a repetitive prayer, but it would be kind of a repetitive model. And so we do that. Now with the girls, um, so let me just define for you what ACTS is. I said adoration, confession, and thanksgiving and supplication. We're going to break it down because it's pretty interesting. The song will actually lead us to this. But adoration, of course, is praising God for who he is. So when we're in the car, I will encourage the girls. We'll say, dear God, I praise you because you are... And then we list a characteristic of God. And then um, confession, um, I will confess to you that we don't spend a whole lot of time in confession sometimes. I'm going to unpack that a little bit further, but we do spend uh, a good deal of time on Thanksgiving. I thank you for, so I praise you because you are XYZ, but I thank you for. So Thanksgiving is thanking God for what he's done. And then S stands for supplication, and that's really just your requests. And we're going to unpack that a lot. But so let's start out with A and adoration and how it um, is acknowledging God for who he is. And we see that in the first stanza of our song this week. They say you're the king of everything, the one who taught the wind to sing, the source of the rhythm my heart keeps beating. One of the best places to gain perspective of who God is as the king of everything, like this song says, is Job. Now you have to understand that the book of Job, um, let's talk a little bit about the context of Job. And Job is a faithful follower of Yahweh, Father God. And um, this is in the Old Testament. And you can read his story. There is the book of Job and you can actually read the whole story there. But um, Job has great favor and blessing. And I uh, the enemy, the Satan comes to God and says, well, yeah, I mean, he follows you faithfully. He's wonderful because you've blessed him so much. You take away the, all of that and 
and he won't be so faithful to you. And so God was like, okay, go ahead and try it and let's see what happens. And so a lot of tragedy befalls Job. Um, he loses his children. He loses a lot of his wealth and his property. And eventually uh, he still doesn't, he still does not abandon God. And eventually he um, loses his health as well because the enemy Satan goes back to God and says, well, you know, that's just stuff. But if you touch his body, um, then he will definitely not be as faithful to you. So I encourage you to read the whole story. But the the rest of Job from that kind of, we kind of get the, the rest of the story at the beginning where we can see the behind the scenes that Job didn't know. Job did not realize that the enemy um, had gone to God and said, oh, we're going to, you know, this guy, he's only following you because of how blessed he is. You take all that away and he won't follow you anymore. And then you you go through Job and you can just kind of see his anguish and his thought processes and what he went through mentally as to why in the world was this happening. And uh, then you see his friends. He's got three friends, and I'm going to say friends in quotation marks because these guys were real doozies. At first, they just sat and they... they um, grieved with him silently, which is probably where they should have stayed because then they just started giving all of their advice and all of their reasons and basically threw Job under the bus and, um, you know, spent this whole time just talking to Job about all of the, he's got to be a sinner. There's got to be something wrong, some kind of sin in his life that he is not admitting to because all of this would not happen. Um, a just God would not allow this to happen to you if it wasn't your fault, basically. And so if you read through Job, well, so obviously through all of that tragedy, Job has some questions and he questioned God. He did. But even in his questionings, he did not forsake him. He, and he, um, and so he was still following him. He wanted to trust him, but he had a lot of questions. So towards the end of Job in chapter 38, then God, it's almost like God is sitting back saying, okay, I'm going to let this play out a little bit. And then all of a sudden he speaks to Job out of the storm is what scripture says. And he says, who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? And another translation says, who is this that questions my wisdom? with such ignorant words. And then God goes on to question Job. But really, his questions reveal his kingship over everything. And so um, I'm going to give this to you as homework because we could spend a lot of time looking at the questions that God questions Job, but he's like, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? And were you the one that told the seas that they could come this far and no further? And are, are you the one that makes the sun to rise in the morning and the moon to rise at night? And I mean, he just really, he asks Job a lot of questions in return because Job was questioning, why is this happening? I don't get it. I don't know what I did wrong. I, I, I feel like I'm, I've been faithful to you. And what he didn't know is that he was faithful to him. And the enemy is, uh, God just allowed it, allowed it because he knew that Job would remain faithful. But eventually God just asked all these questions. So again, his questions to Job reveal his kingship over everything. And he goes on for several chapters, really just kind of reminding Job that he um, doesn't really know what he's talking about. And what's interesting is that Job wanted to know why. And God didn't say, well, you see, Job, Satan came up to me and he uh, asked to go, to go ahead and, and, and 
and test you in all of these ways. And I knew that you would remain faithful. So that's why he didn't say that. In fact, I mean, at some point, obviously he had to, somebody got the revelation that the enemy had done it to be able to put it in scripture, but he didn't say that to Job. What he did was instead of answering his question, why is this happening to me? He answered his question with a who he was. And so it's such an incredible section of scripture to understand that there are many times that we have questions that his answer is not going to be the why as much as his answer to our questions might be a revelation of who he is. And so this um, is a wonderful section of scripture. Job's final response when, when God questions him for several chapters is this. He says, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. My ears have heard you, but now my eyes have seen you. So I thought that was such a wonderful response. But if you don't know where to start in praising God for who he is, just start in Job chapter 38. He says, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. That's what God says to Job in chapter 38. So you could say as a a way of adoration in your prayer time, I praise you, God, because you are creator of heaven and earth. You marked off its dimensions. You laid its cornerstone while the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. So whereas God reveals it to Job in, in the form of a question, we can turn it right back around in a form of adoration. So that's adoration and the first stanza of our song. So the next stanza of our song actually leads us to thank God for what he's done. So if you remember Acts, A-C-T-S, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. We're going to jump to the T because that's where the song jumps to next. But So we're going to hear a little bit about thanksgiving. In the song, we can thank him for giving sight to the blind. And John, uh, Jesus did that in John chapter 9 and in other places. And the song says, you can bring the dead to life. Jesus did that too, more than once. In fact, when Jesus resurrected the widow's son, he did that in Luke 7. He resurrected Jairus' daughter in Matthew 9. And he resurrected Lazarus, his dear friend, in John chapter 11. So Jesus did that. The next lyric says, you can be the hope my soul's been seeking. Last week, we talked about seeking God, and I encourage you to listen to episode 16 if you want to hear a great message about seeking God, because God has promised that he, that we will find him if we seek him. But uh, So we talked about seeking God, but are we promised hope? Well, we sure are. In Romans 15, 13, it says, may the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Just a side note, overflow with hope means that you have enough hope for you and even more for others. So, of course, we can thank God for this. This is very scriptural. The the things that she's mentioning in this song come straight from scripture. But in your ACTS praying, in your Acts praying, don't stop here. 
What has he done for you? So absolutely, thank God for what he's done in the uh, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. You can pray, uh, thank him for things that he did and miracles that he did in Scripture. But what has he done for you? Spend some time being grateful and showing a heart of gratitude for what he's done for you. So the next stanza in the song is the confession part of ACTS Acts. So now I have to admit, when I think of confess, I often think of 1 John 1, 9. And it says, if I confess my sin, that he is faithful and just to forgive my sin and to purify me from all unrighteousness. So when I think of confess, I automatically think of confessing my sin. In fact, I had a little bit of a breakthrough this week as I was studying and preparing for this episode. And I mentioned that we really don't spend a lot of time with my girls on the C part, A-C-T-S, right? Acts. We, we do adoration, we do thanksgiving, we do supplication, but we very rarely do the C part because in my mind, I was thinking confessing their sin. And I didn't want them to spend their morning prayer time trying to think of what they had done wrong so that they could confess it. Although I do think that's a good habit. And I do think that C can, can obviously mean a confession of sin. Um, but to me, like they were in right relationship with God, there were a right relationship with me and others. I didn't want them to have to constantly think of every small thing that they had done wrong to confess. So don't get me wrong. Confession is a big part of discipline in our house and um, between us and God. And we realize that confession brings us back to a right relationship with him. And so we do need to confess our sin. If there is sin, then that C does definitely stand for that part of confession. But that is not all that that word confess means. So if I look up confess in the Greek, I see that it is the word homologeo, and it can translate confess to mean to admit or declare oneself guilty of what one is accused of. So that's really what we're talking about. So to admit our guilt or to admit our sin. So it can definitely mean that. But it can also mean like to profess or to declare openly or speak out freely, even to praise or celebrate. And that is what our song does right here. I want to tell you now that I believe it. I want to tell you now that I believe it. I do. That you can make me new. I want to tell you now that I believe it. Francesca is declaring here that she believes what she has just praised him for and what she has just thanked him for. She is confessing her belief and ultimately her trust. And so when we get to that point in our prayer life, when we have opened up with adoration for who God is, then we can openly confess uh, what we believe. We can openly confess uh, those that what he has done in our life and then thank him for that. So of course, again, that that C part, that confession can be a time where you can admit your sin and get back in a right relationship with God. But it can also be more of a profession and a time to praise and celebrate and speak freely about the things that God is doing in your life and has done. So then ultimately, when she um, finishes this stanza, it leads to her supplication. So what is supplication? It's Depending on the translation, the word may be translated supplication. In other versions, it can be translated petition or pleadings, appeals, 
or even requests. And so we're using kind of a fancy word here to make our acronym work, right? So it's a whole lot easier for me to remember ACTS, A-C-T-S, than for me to remember ACTP, you know, for petitions or something like that. And so just know what the, I know supplication is not a word that we use often in our uh, conversations with friends and such, but it is biblical and it does mean uh, what we're talking about, which is petitions or requests. So my, my question kind of as I was asking myself um, as I was getting ready for this episode is, is there a difference between prayer and supplication? Because in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7, it describes Jesus as offering up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who is able to save him from death. That's what that scripture says. So what's the difference between prayer and supplication? Well, a petition or supplication is a request to God to take some sort of action. So any request made of God is thus a petition or a supplication. And prayer, on the other hand, is any communication with God. So you can look at it this way. ACTS, Acts, includes several forms of prayer. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and also your requests. So if you look at it this way, everything you're doing in this ACTS process is prayer, but the S part, the supplication is a a request or a petition. And that is just as much prayer as adoration is prayer or as confession is prayer or as thanksgiving is prayer. Um, Just supplication is a little bit more defined what type of prayer it is. It's a request or a petition. So let's explore the request ultimately made in this song through the chorus. Now, I happen to agree with this supplication, with this request. I too pray this through, I I pray this through this song every time I hear it. I want God to write his story on my heart. Now, if you're looking at adoration, God, you are over everything and are the keeper of things much too wonderful for me to know. Confession. I believe you. I believe in you. I I take you at your word. I trust you. My hope is in you. Thanksgiving. I believe that you worked miracles in the Bible. And I thank you not only for those, but for the miracles that you have worked and are working in my life. And supplication. I ask you to write your story on my heart and let me be your work of art for your glory alone, not my own. I want my history to be your legacy. In Jesus' name, amen. So, what is your homework this week? Well, I enjoyed spending some time in Job, chapters 38 through 40, to learn more about the characteristics and the acts of God. So if you're not following another course of study, spend some time there. Use this as a catalyst to put throw you into scripture and spend some time reading um, what God has to say about himself. And then maybe jot some notes because you can use that in your time of prayer, which is my next homework. Try ACTS for yourself. Try A-C-T-S for yourself. It doesn't have to be drawn out. I would encourage you to put some thought into it, though. And remember the verse that I mentioned in Hebrews earlier? 
the one about Jesus praying fervently with loud cry and tears. Well, the rest of the verse says God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence. So I encourage you, you can follow this model, this ACTS model, but do it and pray with deep reverence. In addition, the more that you read your Bible, the more that you will have uh, have to praise God for, the more characteristics that he will reveal to you that you could turn right around and um, use in your adoration and in your thanksgiving and in your confession. And so practicing a habit of confession of your sin and also of of your beliefs, Um, thanksgiving plus adoration and supplication coupled with reading scripture is going to lead you down a path to spiritual maturity. So just a few quick announcements before we leave today. Just want to remind you that you can follow me on Twitter at Michelle Nizat or on Facebook, Michelle L. Nizat. I have been very encouraged by some of you who have been sharing my podcast and then sharing with me that you're sharing your podcast. So thank you. And I have tried to make it as easy as possible for you to share it with your friends. So there are quick links at the top of each post on my homepage. You can tweet, Facebook, or even email a link to the podcast and share it with others. I create weekly resources to help you with scripture memory. Uh, I encourage you to, to think about and memorize a scripture each week. And hiding God's word in your heart so that he can bring it back to your mind is a very, very powerful tool when coupled with Bible reading and study. And of course, this week we've introduced prayer. And so these free resources are made available exclusively for my email list. They include wallpapers for your desktop or tablet, your phone or mobile device, as well as a printable version if you're more of the print and paper, a printed paper type of person. And the sign-up box for that's on my homepage. So go to michellekneezat.com. And I promise I will not bombard you with email. Just a friendly reminder each Monday when a new episode is posted with a link to the resources. And then finally, your reviews on iTunes are an encouragement to me and a testimony to others. And my promise is to you is that if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. So I cherish your reviews. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. My next podcast will be on And All the People Said Amen by Matt Mayer. If you would like to comment on this episode, please go to michellekneezat.com forward slash 17. That's where you'll find the show notes for this episode and then also the comments section. I would love to hear from you, comment, question, or whatever. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.